0: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These podcasts are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. So we achieved a reduction back in March. What we got, if you will, by doing that was we bought time and we we found out more about the virus. Because at that time, it was very little known about the virus.
1: COVID-19 infections are up again as the seasons change. And we discuss the latest ASRM COVID-19 Task Force update today on the show. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I am Jeffrey Hayes. Joining us on the show today is Dr. James Seegers, who is Director of the Division of Reproductive Science and Women's Health Research and a Professor of Gynecology and Obstetrics at Johns Hopkins. I opened our conversation asking him about what ASRM had published and updates so far.
0: So initially when COVID was recognized to be a threat back in March, there was a huge surge. And during that time, the initial response uh, at local communities and I think at academic centers and really throughout the United States was that there was an immediate sort of shutdown, if you will, of uh, facilities and ASRM uh, in accordance with the guidance that we were receiving with regard to other medical societies, such as the American College of Surgeons and others, recommended that we temporarily suspend care for patients uh, that were planning to be enrolled in fertility services. So this was in uh, early March when the task force uh, was formed and there was hope at that time that by doing so we could flatten the curve in terms of reducing the infection. And so this is what the task force recommended and and this was what basically we achieved. So we achieved a reduction back in March. What we got, if you will, by doing that was we bought time and we, we found out more about the virus because at that time it was very little known about the virus. Now, and after update number three, we recognized that it was no longer possible to have a prolonged uh, suspension of fertility services. In fact, we, ASRM was never Suggesting that fertility was elective in any circumstance at all, of course, we're all fertility providers, and so we felt strongly that fertility service were an essential right for all women, but we were concerned about the possibility of death of our patients and death of our healthcare providers, including uh, the staff in the laboratory. And so for that reason, we recommended temporary suspension. But after update number three, we've recommended judicious resumption of care, Which is where things have stood uh, up
1: until this time, and they
0: still stand that
1: way. With this update, what are some major takeaway points that the audience needs to have at this time? I think one of the things is is that the
0: problem has been with healthcare workers who become positive or suspected for having COVID, is that we've had to take them out of uh, operations for up to two weeks to be. Incongruent congruent with CDC guidelines. And what uh, has happened in the last, uh, since the last iteration is that the CDC updated uh, several points of guidance regarding um, the virus and what constitutes close contact. So um, it's been revised to be uh, anyone who's within six feet for a total of 15 minutes or more for a 24-hour period. Um, and then that Uh, is important. They also note that cloth masks are not considered PPE. And so this is something that's uh, different from before. Um, And then the other question is, uh, or the other issue that the CDC has addressed is how to deal with these workers that uh, have been exposed to COVID-19. And so they have issued guidance with regard to the employers and who may be permitted to work uh, after exposure to uh, COVID-19, COVID-19, and return to work guidelines, and these these are important. Um, they've suggested both a symptom-based strategy, so that the people could return to work ten days after the symptoms have first appeared, uh, and at least 24 hours after the fever is gone, or a test-based strategy, and that would incorporate testing, um, so that uh, healthcare workers who are not symptomatic but are believed to be exposed might be uh, allowed uh, after a test to return negative. So the, gui- the document uh, explains these guidelines and it, this is really important for what's going to go forward in the fall and winter because flu is going to be there too and so people are going to get a fever um, and we don't want to have them out of work for 14 days under a COVID quarantine if in fact it was the flu. Parenthetically, let me just mention that everyone should get a flu vaccine this year to at least reduce the likelihood that they would become symptomatic, and that will also help both the staffing of the clinic and our patients uh, going forward. So while it doesn't prevent it entirely, it it may help. Another uh, document update, if you will, is that the issue of mental health, which is increasingly an issue for our providers and our patients, uh, the number of individuals that are suffering consequences from COVID fatigue, but also from the stress of COVID-related problems, whether it's you know, working at home, no childcare, loss of job, income, uh, and stress. Um, the document provides some uh, guidance uh, on mental health uh, crisis and, and uh, management of mental health issues that arise because of this. And then finally, the document has important information regarding uh, COVID-19 and pregnancy. It's clear now that pregnant women who become infected with COVID are less likely to be symptomatic than women who uh, are not pregnant, but they do increase the likelihood of adverse uh, outcomes, including preterm birth, hospitalization following pregnancy, uh, and these facts are updated in the the document. And then finally, of course, uh, the good news is, uh, is the vaccines, which uh, are all over the news, Moderna and uh, the Pfizer vaccine, which are 90 to 95 percent effective. We hope these will be uh, available soon for both the healthcare care providers, uh, which will reduce the likelihood that we will be taken out of action for provision of fertility services by the virus, but also uh, for our patients. And at this point, uh, there's not mentioned specifically in the vaccine trials that I'm aware of, of data regarding administration during pregnancy, but before pregnancy uh, should be something that we would uh, consider. Finally, I, I'd like to mention the ASPIRE trial that's going on at the University of uh, California in San Francisco, because we don't have a lot of information on COVID-19 in pregnancy. So we need information on the gametes. We need what Uh, information on what happens to patients who are undergoing fertility care during the time of the pandemic, and this is the focus of that. So this will be a registry uh, study uh, for patients seeking fertility
1: care. And as always, all we can do is hope. A right lot of times, you know, in 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 this, in this, in this very difficult year that we're, that we're all going through. Dr. James Seegers, thank you so much. The ASRM COVID-19 Task Force update has been published. If you have not received an email with a link about it yet, uh, you can go directly to our website, www.asrm.org and uh, you can find this and we will also link to the document itself uh, in the show notes for this episode. So please, please, please go and review it again. My guest today was Dr. James Seegers, uh, and thank you so much for being able to be with us today. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Jeff, for having me, and and to the ASRM for continuing
0: their work to help provide information uh, for the healthcare providers that are providing fertility services to our patients across the United States and throughout the
1: world. That was Dr. James Seegers, Director of the Division of Reproductive Science and Women's Health Research and a Professor of Gynecology and Obstetrics at Johns Hopkins. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, other information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM.